Hello, and welcome to the If We Knew Then podcast. I'm Stephen Sox. And I'm Lori Sox. And today we are interviewing one of our favorite people, Dr. Brian Scottco is back with us. Dr. Scottco is from Mass General Hospital in Boston and is here to discuss some of the updates of DSC2U.org. DSC2U, we've discussed in previous episodes, which is the Down Syndrome Clinic to You, which is a virtual Down Syndrome Clinic, which is such an amazing resource. I cannot stress enough what a wonderful resource this is because it provides the information that I think we're all always looking for, Googling for, and we can't always rely on the information that we're getting on the internet or where it's coming from or its accuracy or its motivation or intent. But this Down Syndrome Clinic to you, it was created by people who are part of the Down Syndrome community, who are invested in the Down Syndrome community, who believe in the potential of the Down Syndrome community. And it's empowering information that we definitely wish would have been available to us when our son Liam was born. And we are so fortunate to have it now. Uh, He also talks about that there is a free button that talks about COVID that can give you your COVID updates and information. The Down Syndrome Clinic is affordable. Uh, There's a one-time fee, or you can now subscribe to where you can access them every month. So welcome, Dr. Brian Scottco. Hi, Lori. Hi, Stephen. It's so wonderful seeing you. It feels like it's been a long time. I know it has been. How is the family? Good. Really getting ready to uh, finish up school. I can't believe Sophia's got two weeks left in her freshman year in high school, and Liam's got. He's going to graduate from fifth grade on curriculum in a classroom with his peers. Bravo to him, to you, and everyone. It takes a village. I don't know if you know, we we um, changed schools. We found a good placement for him that's an inclusive wonderful environment. Wonderful place. That a we wonderful. Had, we wish we had had him there. Public and Sophia school. There. It's a public school. And a very inclusive model. They use all the words that we use on this podcast and, and the words we like to hear. It's magical. Yeah. Wow. Magical. Well, bravo to you. It, it takes a while to um, search and make all that happen, but it's proof that there are some good people out there in some good places and you just have to to sometimes search and find. So I'm glad that's going so well for you guys. It's so nice to see your face. Ah, likewise, likewise. Maybe one day in person too, we'll run into each other. That's going to that happen. We, we, we will head out there. We, we love that part of the country. So yeah, this part is a pretty good part of the country. Yeah. You know, if you ever want to stop by. Although I am coming close. I, there is a big down syndrome conference in Long Beach, California, um, where all the big researchers get together. And so that's in, June. So I'll be out there presenting with all the, 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 the brainiacs of the, of the Down syndrome community, uh, my, myself accepted, but uh, it'll be fun to be out there. Is that a, a open to the public event or is that more of just a... No, it is. And there's a whole session just for parents and the community to interact with researchers. So it is June 8th to June 12th. The uh, international organization is called the Trisomy 21 Research Society, and it's the international organization for all uh, people doing research, whether it's benchtop research or clinical research. And they have a conference every two years, and we rotate between hosting in Europe and the United States, and this time it's in Long Beach. And it's going to be an all-star cast and crew of the best researchers all on Down syndrome. Oh, we're there. Oh, that's so Oh, my gosh. Fabulous. Well, we will see you in June. All right, let's do it. Let's make sure we catch a meal or something while we're there. Oh, yeah, that'd be great. That would be, be wonderful. Great. Oh, my goodness. Well, I know we, uh, we've we had you on before about dsc2u.org, and that was actually our first time meeting with you was specifically just for that um, part. And we've gotten a checklist for Liam. We've, we've taken an intake, and we've enjoyed the technology and the idea of it is just amazing. But is that something you want to talk about today? I would love to. And thank you for having me back. I always love talking with you guys. And so much has changed with Down Syndrome Clinic to you. 
you know, the mission from the beginning hasn't changed, and that is to democratize healthcare. Uh, first and foremost, I feel I'm so lucky every day with my colleagues to practice medicine for and with people with Down syndrome. But the reality is we're a closed entity. We're at maximum capacity. We're only able to see and follow the 600 patients that we see every year. And that's because the patients come back every year and we have no more room. And the other Down syndrome clinics across the country are also at capacity or unfortunately they're closing because of financial reasons. And when you look at the whole community in the United States, less than 5% of patients with Down syndrome have access to or go to a specialty clinic like the one I have. So 95% of families out there are working with their primary care physicians. And one of those people is my own sister, Kristen, you know, who has Down syndrome. She lives in Cleveland, Ohio, and it takes more than two hours for her to get to her closest Down syndrome adult specialty clinic. And so this led my colleagues and I to say, how can we beam the information that we're lucky enough to learn every day from our patients to all the families around the United States and around the world to make sure they get that same information? And so we did that through the creation of Down Syndrome Clinic to You. And since the last time we got together, we've had some important upgrades and we've learned from the community. It is a living entity that we continue to build and learn together. Well, yeah, I want to hear about some of these updates. Yeah, we work we really with our it. we yeah. work with our pediatrician. We don't have the access. Yeah, we to don't a... we don't feel like we have access to. And so this was a great way to the checklist is great because there's things we were like reminded to do, but then there were things like, oh yeah, you know, right, that's something I've heard of and I should do, but to have it on a piece of paper printed out that you hold in your hands. And I think the one of the things that we talk a lot about is the list that we're given when we have a diagnosis or when our child's born and the way it's delivered and who it's who it's presented by and just the tone of it can be off putting. Uh, because it can create such a negative seed in our journey. And this comes from our community. It comes from a loving place that you want to get the information out there so that that way it is a tool to create a better quality of life and healthcare. And I think that's the big difference. Or right, I'm glad you mentioned that because so many families say when they get that diagnosis, they're given just this verbal overload of information from the medical community that just feels they need to download every fact they memorized about Down syndrome. And not only is it not therapeutic, it's not even appropriate at that particular moment in time. So when you have a new little beautiful baby with Down syndrome, we don't need to start talking about obstructive sleep apnea in that moment, right? Because that's not relevant, right? And what I love about Down syndrome clinic to you is in working with families, and I can't emphasize enough, families help create this. They give the information as it's needed, when it's needed, because so many families have said, we're just so overwhelmed by all the possible things that could go along with Down syndrome. You almost just sometimes want to bury your head in the sand. But if you just give it at this age, at this time, focus on this. Oh, this is what you're concerned about. And if you trust us and trust the system, we will feed it and we'll take the journey with you. So it's in little micro steps or micro size morsels of knowledge. And so we really tried to be sensitive to that because I think that information overload is very real, almost to the point where it could stymie people or disincentivize them or even demoralize them in many cases. That was our experience. That was absolutely our experience. And I know we have, um, we've talked about this before, um, just the acceptance from the medical community uh, to this program. Is this something that doctors have access to or no? Like, how do we get this in the hands? Like, how is this the news they deliver? So parents, it is that overwhelmedness that is felt by getting everything all at once. This is meant, DSCDU is meant to support and not replace primary care physicians. And so oftentimes I hear from families, oh, well, we have a great primary care doctor for our loved one with Down syndrome. We have a great pediatrician. Dr. Scott, we don't have to worry because we got the best pediatrician in town. I am glad. That is fantastic. I am glad because everyone with Down syndrome deserves a good primary care physician, deserves to know how to take care of all those things that are nestled on all the other chromosomes. But the research shows that even the best primary care physicians cannot stay up to date on all of the advances related to Down syndrome. So what we're here to do is to provide that extra information to turn your already rock star primary care physician into a Down syndrome specialist. We're really to give those checklists that really the 
caregivers could follow along, but also the little reminders to the primary care physicians, and here's what to look for that's different. And so to answer your question, after families go on and input, here are my concerns, here's what's going on with my loved one with Down syndrome right now, not only will the caregivers be given their journey, their blueprint, but there'll also be a companion document that can be sent, mailed, or brought to the primary care physician to tell them, in addition to the quote, neurotypical stuff that would be following. In this patient with Down syndrome, here are some things that we want you to be aware of. We're giving our knowledge by working with hundreds and thousands of patients with Down syndrome so you can really have that conversation. So a parent or a caregiver who gets the diagnosis, their child's just been born. What's the best way for this tool to be used so that Let's just say the first scenario is they know that their child is going to have Down syndrome. Is there a way to use this tool before that child is born? So once your child is born, you know, it, it doesn't take away because you don't get that overwhelmed list. You're more prepared. Does that make sense? Yeah. I hope that all families, if they get a prenatal or postnatal diagnosis, now realize they are not alone. No matter where you live in this country, or this world for that matter, we will be there with you to take that journey to make sure you get the best accurate up-to-date information. Now with that said, Down Syndrome Clinic to you is really best utilized for those who are ages one and older. So if you have a prenatal diagnosis or a newborn baby, they really need to be seen in the hospital because they're specialized up, their surgical procedures, et cetera, that really need to be specialized. But starting at the age of one, we really built in information to make sure that they get not only age-specific information, but also to make sure we're maximizing the life potential of that particular person with Down syndrome. So what I would like all parents to know is just use it on a routine basis. So every time your loved one has their primary care visit, just use Down syndrome clinic to you a couple days ahead of time because then you'll get those results to go into the primary care doctor visit more informed, both for you and the primary care physician. Is there something built in or is there something they can access during that first year? I know that you just said that you're, you're there and they're not alone. And it is best, you know, to, because there's specialists in the hospital, but just as a support, what do you suggest for that, for that first year? Because I think that first year is so overwhelming. Yeah, you know, a big part of the other research that I've done is how do you communicate that diagnosis of Down syndrome, either prenatally or postnatally. And one of the variables that comes through really strong is to make sure that families are given a lifeline or a connection to other families, if and when they want to take it, it's up to them. And to make sure that clinicians and hospitals are communicating and collaborating with parent support groups. And so I find that, of course, families need to have a good pediatrician to have access to healthcare, but I also encourage families in that first year to make sure they reach out and speak to other families who have taken that journey and walked that path with them, because I find good medical care, good support, and good access is really going to be important. What we have found through Down Syndrome Clinic to you is partnering with the Down Syndrome groups are really important as well. And many local Down Syndrome groups say, we want to give the gift of health. We know we have no specialty clinic in our backyard. We do all these fundraisers. What is all the point of this if we can't have help within our community? I'm proud to say since the last time we got together, there are lots of Down syndrome nonprofit organizations that are now giving DSC to you either for free or in discount to their members. So I encourage all families to check out their local Down syndrome support group, or we have them posted on our webpage to see if there is a partnership, because even though the costs are low to begin with, it's really great to form these partnerships with the Down syndrome organizations, because health really comes when we're all working at it together. And I'm not going to digress much from hearing the updates of DSC to you, but as we talk about information, I had mentioned this briefly on another episode, but it's always great to throw it to you. I think the first information I got and the first information a lot of people get is they go on the computer and basically Google search Down syndrome. And one of the first things that come up is the Wikipedia page for Down syndrome. And if you read that, it can be structured better. I'd love to find a way we could get to that Wikipedia page and adjust that. So I'm just throwing it out there. <laughs> Stephen, I'm glad you brought this up. And I'd be interested in, in your thoughts as well, because, you know, people have said to me, well, why do we need Down syndrome clinic to you? I could just Google it. 
and, and my kid's fine. And when I have an issue, I'll just go on Facebook and some other person on Facebook will give me the answer. Or my favorite is, I know a lot of families on TikTok and I'll just find a video about Down syndrome to help me. And I support the advances in, in media communication. I support parent-to-parent -parent support. I support all of that information. But what DSCDU is distinctly different from all of those, it's a curated search and it is medically credible information. So to the extent that you trust me, to the extent that you trust Harvard Medical School, to the extent that you trust all of the families and the clinicians who help make this, our promise to people who go there is we will do the searches for you. We will curate the information for you. We will direct you to the most credible information so that you don't need to sift through all of that because a lot of what's on the internet, a lot of what's on social media is not medically credible. And I have access to medical information that's behind firewalls that families like my own parents do not. And so I wanna tear down those firewalls and give it to people, but we're more than just a search. Well, I think what Stephen was saying, like, when we first got our diagnosis, that, you know, that's what we, we did. And I think that's what people do. And, and the point there is that it's so inaccurate. And how do we get this to be the first thing that pops up? How, do, how is this the information? Because I think in our community, that is one of the biggest challenges is before talking about like the misinformation that gets circulated in our community, just the information that is out there, even just the verbiage. We had a great interview with someone who gave me the most wonderful, because a lot of places will call it a chromosomal disorder or a chromosome. And just that verbiage makes you go, oh, there's something wrong with my child. But it's a natural occurring chromosomal arrangement. And that is so beautiful. I it think is natural. It happens so much. It's a game changer. It's such a game changer. And all the information that we received was just horrible and just sad really sad and hopeless. And the problem is, is that our community searches and that's what they get. And then also people not in our community search because it's like, oh, well, my grandson has Down syndrome. Let me see what it is. And then they're given that information. And then that propagates all that false information. That's what we need is this we information. We need DSCTU on the top of the search engine. And all, <laughs> I, I mean, that's just, I, I can't tell you how much ease it would have brought to my life just to have that. Now, like we are fortunate. We do have a wonderful pediatrician who has also been very supportive and optimistic, which I don't, I, I wish that for everyone. But the great thing about her, because we have done our intake and we have conversations with you, we mentioned these things and she does take that and say, well, let me get you a referral for this. Let's check that. And she's very supportive. Well, you know, when you do the DSC2U intake, um, it gives you a printout of things for you to keep, a checklist, but also gives you something to bring to your doctor, to bring to your pediatrician. And I have to tell you, to bring something with Massachusetts General Hospital on and Harvard Medical School letterhead, it's... It's credible. It's credible. This is a really amazing tool. Because we know the work has been done. And I think yeah. that's like you mentioned before the firewalls that there's information that isn't available to parents. And this is a way to take advantage of that because that is what needs to change the information and the conversation. That's what needs to be changed. We have to remember a lot of the stuff that we get that's negative comes from, here's my word, archaic. It's all archaic. It comes from a time when our children were not seen as a viable, equal life. Now, the information that we have comes from an institution and from individuals that know the value, the equality, the potential of our child's In life. In your case, a firsthand and it's knowledge. worth fighting for. It's worth doing the work. I mean, not long ago, we weren't even given the heart surgeries. It's not that long ago we had someone on that the doctor told them, well, luckily now we do this for your children with Down syndrome. We used to not do it. And this is a change in medicine that has taken a long time, but now we have access to it. And I want that to be what we know. I want this to be our foundation. So let's hear about the updates. Well, I just want to acknowledge what an amazing pediatrician Liam has um, just to be open to new information. And this is what we want. And, you know, in creating Down Syndrome Clinic G, we had pediatricians and primary care doctors. So it's not just for the young, it's for all ages. 
they helped us create it. And they were so important because they helped us with the language to make sure that we came across two primary care physicians as helpful and augmentative and not as dictatorial, not, oh, this is what Harvard's telling you to do, but we've done the groundwork for you. It is your patient. We're here to lift you up and make it easy for you. And we found through our research that physicians did find that was the case. And it's really meant to be that good ground starting point to make sure that nothing gets overlooked. And you know, the biggest things I could say about Down syndrome clinic to you um, that we've updated is to address the most common thing I hear from families is everything's fine in my kid. Oh, I love DSCTU, it's great. We don't need it right now, but it's good to know we need it there in the future. Down syndrome clinic to you is especially for those families right now. Why? Because I am glad your son or daughter is healthy and well. Let's keep them that way. So much of Down syndrome clinic to you, yes, is solving issues right now, things that are going right now, crises that are going right now. But so much of Down syndrome clinic to you is preventative and proactive and playing offense rather than defense. Let's keep your loved one healthy and well before something happens. And many families, what they find is everything looks good. Everything looks good. My primary care doctor says everything's fine. Meanwhile, the primary care doctor just doesn't have all the updates on Down syndrome. Two years go by, three years go by, then all of a sudden you have a big something, which is either a medical crisis, it's a behavioral crisis, et cetera. And most of those issues can probably be prevented or stalled or mitigated if we just went back in time and started to put a little couple things in place. So for example, we have a, a parent who used Down syndrome clinic to you who said, oh, you know, my, my loved one with Down syndrome is having all these behavioral issues. She's 24 years old. She hasn't had these before, starting to complain that her stomach hurts. You know, her bowels are irregular. We've taken her to the primary care doctor. They've done some tests, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, this is kind of building up, et cetera. So she goes through our, our checklist and our intake. And one of the recommendations among many when you have those constellation of symptoms is let's just make sure it's not celiac disease which is an autoimmune condition where the body's immune system starts to attack your inside lining when you eat certain foods that contain uh, barley, rye, or wheat. And sure enough, this person, like 5% of people with Down syndrome, ended up having celiac disease. And the recommendation came with the checklist saying, here's how you can learn about it. Here's some videos. Here's the gluten-free diet to go on. And the mother and the daughter wrote back within two months, it's as though she had her life back. Because when you don't feel good inside, when food hurts you, that impacts your whole life. Now, celiac disease is common. Yeah, we should know about it. But unless you're thinking about that in that moment, and they had been on an almost one and a half year odyssey of working through their local physicians to try to find that. And that's kind of a simple answer within the Down syndrome community. And it pains me to know that they, like so many families, are struggling to find what are often simple answers with simple solutions. And Down syndrome clinic to you is really there to provide those answers, but also to uh, be proactive and provide some preventative measures as well. I'm flashing to, we just saw the documentary about the 12 kids in Thailand trapped in the cave that was a soccer team trapped in the cave like five years ago. And the documentary was so fascinating because they had these Navy SEALs and everything there that you think can go into a cave and save these kids. You think a Navy SEAL. Yeah, but they end up using these guys that um, are specialists in cave diving diving from England. That's what they've done their whole life. Yeah, and they use this specialty and they see what the Navy SEAL with all that training Maybe doesn't see right away. And I, I don't know if that's an analogy, but... No, I think it's so funny. As you started to say it, it's, it's actually right because, you know, you look at your healthcare provider as a Navy SEAL, right? They yeah, went through they're they, great. They went through medical school, they're, but they're, unless they know about something, that's, so, that's actually spot yeah. on, Stephen, because I mean, unless are, they know about something, it was a specialty that they did that not everybody did. But it was that specialty that saved those children. Well, like you, Dr. Scottco, this is how you spend your professional life every day, working with the community, always digging up the new things. Even the stuff that we take for granted, like celiac, you go, okay, that's something that, I've, that would be on the top of my mind, possibly. But because you're repeating that in your professional life all the time, it's right there. While, man, a, a pediatrician that isn't doing that or 
primary care physician that's not always involved with the community, they've got a lot of things going on, right? So it may and not come And let's just up. face it, like allergies and things like celiac, you know, gluten-free has become like a, a little keyword just for people to not eat bread. And it, you forget that it's actually based it's a real in thing. like, a, it's a real medical issue. And like you said, you know what it affects. So when she comes, like behavior. a behavior yeah. and, and I think that's, I think it's just really so important. I love your metaphor because I think that okay. you, you're a great guide through the darkness of Thank the cave. Thank you for being our, our cave specialist. <laughs> I'll wear a headlamp next time I'm on your show. So true because sometimes this journey can feel like a dark, empty, lonely <laughs> cave. And I think part of it is getting people to do it. I think it took, we were in COVID when you first told us about it and it did take us a, a little bit of time to, to do our intake and everything. And um, I think that's because change can be scary. And also we're, this is, and you said this, I think once, um, but I think we're afraid to find something. Oh yeah. Sometimes I feel like people will go, okay, um, I'm going to get a whole list fine. of things. If Ooh. I find out something, it's, you know, there's, there's people, there's actually, and this has nothing to do with Down syndrome. There are people who won't go to the doctor because they're like, no, because when I go to the doctor, they find something. And it's just, yeah. so I think there's a bit of, I think there, it can be scary because I think that's because that's how we're, we're made to feel that sometimes at the beginning of this journey. But there's so many great things in the output that you get. There's so many positive things in, you know, I'm not going to post our specific one for Liam, but there's things that are listed saying, hey, you've done this. Great. Like, check it off. That feels good. So it's not all information of it's using the information. Here's a whole list of things you have to do. Here's things to, that you have done. Great. And then also, great. Well, let's, let's look at something in a couple of years. Let's look back at this. We really hope it could be that guide, uh, again, that journey with you. And so much is beyond just medicine and lab tests and ordering. We really want it to be holistic wellness. So there's a whole section on nutrition. So again, all these sections are optional. So you just complete the sections that are interesting to you. But many families say, well, I have particular questions about the nutritional habits of my loved one with Down syndrome. What about calcium? What about this? So our Down syndrome nutrition experts have inputted their brains into the system. So you can get some nutritional advice through this. And then there's all what I call the helping people with Down syndrome be as semi-independent as possible. So people with Down syndrome, as they get older, if they wanna learn how to shower on their own. Okay, well, you could talk to your primary care physician on that, but do they have the tools? Do they have the resources? Do they have the workbooks? Do they have the social stories? We know where they are, we know where they're for free. And if that's a goal you have, we even include information on that. When people with Down syndrome get older and they wanna learn how to use public transportation on their own, it's not just a goal, we have resources to help with transportation training. When people with Down syndrome wanna to learn to date and they wanna learn how to you know, make sure that they're safe in healthy relationships, we got information for that. When people with Down syndrome wanna be involved in research, when people with Down syndrome say, I'm struggling with numeracy in math class, how best to teach numeracy for someone with Down syndrome. We have resources on that. So it really is this holistic journey. And for those families out there who say, my loved one with Down syndrome is medically well, I say bravo, but let's continue to keep them holistically well. And there's resources there in terms of nutrition, psychosocial and emotional health that make sure that we're continuing to play offense uh, as we take this journey together. When we go back and talk about searching on Google for things, in this report that you get or this you don't have you get, to search. You don't have to Google. search anything. There's links to everything. What's so beautiful about it is that here here's something to look at. Just a section. Let's say it's nutrition, right? And it says about fruits and vegetables. Here's a link on different kind of fruits Healthier and vegetables snacking. and how to how to incorporate it in your life. But also. Maybe ask Liam's doctor about how to incorporate that. So you've kind of got a way to search on your own, but also, oh, here's a question I can have. Because the doctor always asks, now, are there any questions? And here it is prepared for you. Yeah. And one thing I think is really important to understand is we go searching so many different places. And I, I really do believe, and you've said this a lot, like having a community and having your tribe and to be able to, you know, have people to talk to is so important. But 
there's a difference between this worked for me and this is opinion than having like facts and the research done and credible links. Like if you go down, I, we're not going to give all the detail, but you know, we have the health and wellness resources. And then they, you talk about nutrition recommendation and what's great. It's nutrition recommendations for Liam. And there's something about your child's name and your child is a person. And we're going to talk about your child from what you've told us. This is Oh, specific to him. So specific. Mm -hmm. And it talks about things that either one, maybe you didn't think about, or maybe, you know what, healthy snacking, sometimes that can be a challenge because you, it's a challenge to find that. But, but then when we have the information, then we can make new choices, right? And so if you go down, there's life skills. And you were talking about talking to your, you know, physician about when you have questions about this. If someone isn't a professional and a specialist, sometimes it can be hard for them to find the right words, to say the right words, you know, and, and that can sometimes cause a conversation not to happen. I'm, I'm glad you found those links to be helpful because we work really hard on those. And we also make sure that they're always updated because, you know, the World Wide Web, I mean, things are changing constantly. So those links are always going to be updated for families. But we heard from families that we don't really have time to read whole books. So just tell me the exact pages that we're supposed to read. So when we make a recommendation, we might say, just read chapter 14 in this book, or just turn to page 181 or 182, or here's a link to a PDF, or here's a link to a great YouTube video, and go to this segment to see it. So we're trying to really make it as easy as possible for the modern day family, which is just totally overscheduled um, and was so scant on time. The other thing you might have heard, and this is a real loss for the Down syndrome community, is Woodbine House, which is the publisher uh, for the past many decades on all books related to Down syndrome, is going out of business. Um, and within the next couple of months, uh, they will no longer have any of their books in print. And that is because the publishing business is a hard one and they have said that their sales is just not large enough. It means that all of those trusted resources that we once could turn to will no longer be available for purchase. Uh, Down Syndrome Clinic to You is going to be there to fill that gap. So when families can no longer purchase the book on toilet training for Down syndrome or the book on mental wellness for Down syndrome or quite frankly, all of the reference books that we have used over the past several decades, we will continue to be there. Um, and so uh, it is an enormous loss. I am uh, a published author from woodbinehouse.com. Um, you had me on with my brothers and sisters book, uh, but that will be going out of print. Um, and it's all because the publishing business is, is dying. So again, Down Syndrome Clinic to you lives in the virtual space. So we hope it will continue to fill that gap and, and, and lighten the blow that's about to happen to our families. They're not going to go to a virtual um, access books, like e -books or, or something. E -books? So all of the books were ebooks as well, but there simply weren't enough sales to sustain the uh, publishing company. Oh, that's too bad. Well, even more thankful to have Down Syndrome to you. Yeah. How do you guys do it? Yeah, it's so much work. I mean, how do you I think how about do you do it? I mean, all the buzzing because... bees around there to try to. It's like you guys do it. It's all teamwork, right? You, you don't work in silos. I'm just so grateful every day. I can't say it enough. I just really love the people I work with. And you know, when you find a project you're passionate about, it just happens because you love it. And I think I'm. So incredibly lucky that I was given the opportunity to go to medical school, to become a physician, to have an incredible family, to have a sister with Down syndrome. Those all swarm together at this point in my life to be able to help work with a team to create Down syndrome clinic to you. And now it's my mission to get it out. But it's one thing to create it. It's another thing to implement it. And so where we're really trying to do is to make sure no matter where you are in the world, if you speak English or Spanish, you know about it, it's here for you. Because simply to create it and to put it up there and to think people will find it is simply not enough. And so the new part of my mission is really to get this information out into the hands of those who need it and to continue to iterate it and update it. 
How do we do that? Can we, is it, because I do believe that it should be in the welcome packets and the baskets and in every pediatrician's office, because I, I didn't know about it. And I think there's a lot of people who do not know about it. And, you know, you can Google a recipe <laughs> and how to make a, you know, a kale salad or something like that. But this is something that's so important. And, you know, you were saying our schedules are so busy. I get there's so many different reasons, but this really does. It's an, a nice pathway to what you're actually looking for. The other thing we tried to make easy for families is this barrier for entry. So this concept of, I just got to find time to sit down and do that big intake. You know, I'll do it on Saturday. Oh, well, Saturday comes and you got baseball game. You got this. Okay, we'll do it next Tuesday. Ah, they're fine. Let's do it this summer when we have time. And there's always tomorrow, tomorrow. And so a new update to Down Syndrome Clinic to you is that we have lots of different plans. So we still have the plan where families can come in fill it all at once and get their results, right? But we also have different plans. And one plan is a subscription plan where families could sign up and every year they could go back as often as they want. So think of it like a gym membership. If you're like, oh, today we just have questions about nutrition because we thought about it. You could just go on complete the nutrition section and get that. Or today my kid is really having these you know, behaviors that we haven't seen before. Let's just log on and complete the behavior section. Or we just came from this doctor visit and they were noticing some differences in their bowel habits, let's go back. So rather than thinking you need to do it all at once, we now have this subscription plan where for a very low cost, it's there as often, whenever, and however you need it. And this is an upgrade we're really proud of because we hope that it's just a part of the natural fabric of families' lives. So there's not this big burden, but we're almost like your phone a friend. We're there when you need us online for any questions that might come up. Because the intake is $59.95 for the whole thing. So right now, as of this taping, the one-time usage is $49. But for people who want to get a subscription plan, so it renews every year, it's $69. Um, and that's all you can access all you want throughout the year. Oh, that's great. And there is an insurance company that covers at least the, the one time, at least. I'm not sure what the update is on that. We have a, two insurance companies that are now covering it. And like I mentioned, we have several Down syndrome organizations that are now subsidizing the costs for their members as well. So uh, definitely check in with your, your local Down syndrome organization. Do you have a list of the people who subsidize or can we uh, post that list as well? Yeah, definitely. Uh, on our website, uh, if you go to dscview.org and you click on the organizations, we list all the Down syndrome organizations and the contact information. So if listeners are a member for one of those organizations, they definitely should take them up on that offer because that's why these organizations wanted to do this to make sure their members get the help. What's 70 divided by 12? So what is that? Five and a half. Somewhere. 550. So it's 550 a month. That's what it, oh. it comes out to. That's what I was <laughs> I trying was like to get to. 12 months. Okay. I yeah, 12 months. I know where you were going there. I just, no, you just no, throw up things. Because, I go, okay. <laughs> because I think cost is a real thing. And I think we, we have a list of the people who subsidize it. Check your insurance because it seems to me that it it's, you know, whatever insurance is covered, it's always worth an ask. Well, you know, you know? I, I haven't even talked to you about this, but I, I would do three people. If three of our listeners give us an email and say, I'm having trouble with this cost. I'd covered the cost of three of them. Yeah, we can do I, that. I don't know. I hadn't talked to you about it. <laughs> Yikes. It was coming out of my wallet then. <laughs> I'm so about just the message and how it's received. This is a beautiful, supportive team that has the best of our community in mind. I, I built it with my sister in mind. And so when you have a loved one, you know how you want information to be received. And sometimes it's the same morsel but how it's delivered and how it's phrased could either be rejected, be defensive, or be accepting, or to be empowering. And as a physician, our whole mission is to make sure that people with Down syndrome, their lives are maximized, and we just try to prevent any of those pesky medical co-occurring conditions that might get in the way from getting in the way. And that's what we're here for. 
because just understand that this is medical concerns, but there's education and therapy resources. And we all know what that challenge is to have our child supported in the classroom. Mm -hmm. So this is another one of those tools. We just spoke about this is that I always hope for the best and I hope for the change as far as with education, but I understand that it's not always a supported journey and the realization that we have more of an input in our child's life, I hope comes sooner for everybody who comes behind me than it did for me. Uh, here's another tool. Empower yourself. Like you said, Dr. Scott Coe. So you have these tools when you go into that IEP that you understand. Stephen and I were so fortunate because the preschool that Liam went to, we thought that mainstream was inclusion. Because we didn't know Down syndrome before we had a son with Down syndrome. We didn't know any of the words. And we were going to go into that first IEP and say we want our son mainstreamed. And the woman who ran that preschool, the United Children Learning Academy, said, no, you want an inclusive classroom with the supports. It's the first time I heard that phrase, an inclusive classroom with the supports to access the curriculum. And these are all questions that I yes, see. Yes, these in are the Facebook questions forums, on the board. You know, yes. like, and they ask these questions, and you're like, get 50 different answers from just people, which great, the community has experiences and stuff, but yes. we're learning too. So and to also, have this from a professional is... We always say, you go into your IEP, do not bring your emotion with you. Just the facts, because that's how we make the change. And this is the information, because sometimes if I'm going to answer at any different time of my journey, it might have been fueled by emotion. It might have been fueled by what I experienced. And this is just the facts. And then we take, they empower us to lead our child. I love that word empower, because that is really what we could do with it, right? So accurate, up-to-date, curated information can be empowering if you choose to do something with it, right? And we really want to do the first step of that to make it easy for families, easy for those caring for someone with Down syndrome to have that information. And then the next step is simply to be empowered to act upon that. I mean, you could get the results and read it and do nothing with that. But if you have that conversation with your primary care doctor, if you start to say, okay, maybe I like this recommendation on health and wellness, and maybe I'm going to just work on these two things on that plan, it's a step in the right direction. And it really is making sure that ultimately we all feel empowered. But again, the person with Down syndrome feels empowered to be their best self. Um, and that's what this is all about. The last time we talked, you were going to do... Um gift cards because we will we'll buy three for three of our listeners to do an intake and to yeah. to be empowered to yeah is there a way to do that so there are ways to purchase a group so if it's a group who wants to buy a group package we could do that we also have a donate function so for those who want to see down syndrome clinic too we have a donate function the actual gift card like buy one and you send one um, requires some extra engineering and programming, believe it or not. And I need to raise some more money to be able to pay my engineers to build that. So that functionality is not there yet. Um, but we have some creative ways around that. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, then the first three of our listeners who sign up for dsctu.org and reach out to us through Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, email us or through our website, will reimburse you through PayPal, Venmo. We'll find a way to do it. But uh, there's that, de yeah, definitely ways to get around that. Is there anything else, Dr. Scottco, that you'd like to mention about dsctu.org? You know, one thing I would just mention is as of this recording, we're still living during COVID 19 days. And if you go to Down Syndrome Clinic to you, right there at the top of the screen is our link to the latest and greatest information about COVID 19 and Down Syndrome. You don't even need to purchase DSCDU, you don't need to go into DSCDU. We keep the COVID-19 information freely accessible, up to date as of the information coming in. So I would just say for any listeners who are still have information about, oh, do I need another booster? Or what if my person with Down syndrome gets COVID? Are they eligible for any of the COVID medications and all of that? We have you covered. So just go there and click on the banner link, COVID-19 and Down syndrome, and you will get all the information that's updated by our team on a regular basis. And you're going to be in Long Beach with the researchers conference. What are you most excited about? You know, what's so refreshing is to see so many people from around the world 
care about people with Down syndrome and actually want to do research in order to make sure that the lives of people with Down syndrome are maximized. And there are so many brainiacs around this world, but to have them focused and care about Down syndrome is very special. But then to have them come together where we could all meet and talk and swap ideas, that's where networking happens, that's where new ideas that are exchanged, that's where synergies happen. So my colleagues and I, we meet once every two years, and this year will be taking place in Long Beach. I'm looking forward to learning, to hearing some incredible talks. There will also be a dialogue um, called Science and Society, where families who want to attend the conference will be able to hear from frontline scientists and also be able to engage and ask questions. I think that we all believe that science needs to be driven by people with Down syndrome and families. What are their questions? What are their urgencies? How do they want us to spend our times in research? And so there'll be lots of opportunity for crosstalk and cross-pollination of ideas. So I'm really looking forward to that. How long have you been meeting every two years? So this will be our fourth meeting every two years. So it's less than a decade that we've kind of come together as a group, but the progress has been immense. And that's because funding has increased here in the United States. Our National Institutes of Health is investing in people with Down syndrome as they should, but the money is there. And when the money is there, that means people could do the research they need to do. I'm fortunate enough, I'm uh, one of uh, the researchers who get funding from our government, from the National Institutes of Health. One of the projects my colleague and I are looking at a new way for treating obstructive sleep apnea. Many people with Down syndrome who have obstructive sleep apnea, if they get their tonsils and adenoids removed and they still have apnea and they can't tolerate the CPAP mask, there's now a new surgical procedure that we're calling a tongue pacemaker, a hypoglossal nerve stimulator that could basically treat obstructive sleep apnea without having to wear a mask. But you need to do research to make sure it's safe, it's tolerable, et cetera. And that would never be possible if it weren't for funding. So I'm very grateful that by getting funding from our government through taxpayer dollars, we're able to do the research in a very disciplined way, in a very safe way, to hopefully bring new line therapies to people with Down syndrome. What is your favorite breakthrough in the eight years that you've been having the conference? Good question. The best breakthrough, I will say increased social acceptance. We're not there yet, right? I could come up with all the medicines and this and that, and oh, I'm so grateful we have this and that for people with Down syndrome. But I still think the biggest thing getting in the way is social barriers. And that is the biggest thing to erode in certain pockets of the country where you see people with Down syndrome thriving the most, it is because they are accepted for who they are. And the biggest comparison I have is when my wife and I are lucky enough to travel to other countries and work with the Down syndrome communities there, many countries which don't have the same opportunities and democracies and liberties for people with Down syndrome. You see people with Down syndrome, same extra chromosome, same medical conditions, but starkly different outcomes. And so I really feel that the best breakthrough we could continue to have for people with Down syndrome is that level of social acceptance that's still needed, but we're, we're, we're getting there. The biggest breakthrough is just allow someone to reach their potential. Well, you had said before, and, and I carry it into a lot of conversations, that the chromosome hasn't changed. It's the supports that the community is receiving, whether it be, you know, from inside the home or an open-minded school, which, you know, to me, inclusion is when it doesn't have to be an open-minded school that's inclusive. It's just school is inclusive. And that's one thing I, I remember is that the chromosome hasn't changed. All these wonderful changes that we're seeing now. All these accomplishments in yes, people. Yes, is because of the research, because of the supports, because now we can go and you know, your, your child behaves in a certain way, it gets judged. You see that behavior, you go, you can go fill in this intake and go, oh, maybe it's diet because we forget how much, what, this is our fuel, how, you know, how it affects everything, everything in our lives. And it's amazing that this tool is there. And it's one of the, the great things I wish, I wish I knew then, like, you know, I wish it was there when Liam was first born, because I think that not only does it, you know, give you, like you said, that tool that you can bring into your doctor, which is 
amazing. And I think that we should have just the courage or whatever it takes to go, I'm going to do it and I'm going to have it because it's like anything else. You want to be as prepared as you can and not search when they say, do you have any questions? I I encourage every one of our listeners to just click the link that's attached in the show notes. Take a look at it. Even if it's just, I'm going to look at the COVID part that I can go through because I have that in my mind. What's what happens if, when my family gets COVID, what am I need to prepare for? Right. What, what's just the checklist I need to do. And also Really think about taking an intake because just to see it in front of you, even if it's, I've checked those all, all that off, or maybe I could just concentrate on this a little bit more. It's really freeing to do. It's the information, but honestly, some, I'll be, sometimes it's hard to ask the questions because I'm embarrassed. I'm afraid of the answer I'm going to get. I don't want to take the time. I do whatever the reason, there's so many reasons and, or I, I know I don't want to Google anything that has to do with Down syndrome, because as soon as I Google, I get that same pencil drawn picture that they have that is so inaccurate with horrible words. And this is like, it's empowering. It's a tool that I can use in every aspect. And just to have that knowledge, because knowledge is power. And we don't get enough of the right knowledge. Like now we have it, then we can go and we can talk to our friends like, hey, this is what I experienced. How do you feel? Because I think that we can help each other, one, have the proper information. Well, you don't have to search through all this. Here's the information. But then we can talk about, I think, as a community, we can heal as just to connect with each other. So you take care of the information. Now we have the right information. Then as a community, we can begin to move forward and progress and, and connect in, in real solid ways with a great foundation. And it is empowering. It's right? so empowering. And like we always say, best best visit ever. You don't need an appointment, right? So you don't need like a doctor's appointment. If you want to access it on Thursday at 1 a.m., because that's when you're up and the kids are sleeping, do it then. If you want to do it on Saturday in the afternoon, it is automated. It's there when you want it. It's to fit into your lifestyle and your needs. Um, I can't thank you both enough. Uh, it really is a passion project. We'll continue to build it uh, with the Down syndrome community because it's the only way we know how. And I hope it continues to help families out there. And pass it on. Yeah. Pass that information on to your schools, to your pediatrician, if it's something that you utilize. And if you're involved in a community of people with Down syndrome, bring it to them. It's something that people have to know is there in order to utilize it. Yes. So thank you, doctor, for all of your work. Thank you to your whole team for presenting this and empowering our community. It's always such a pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Please follow us on Twitter at If We Knew Then Pod, and you can drop us a line on our Facebook page at If We Knew Then Pod, or visit our website, ifweknewthen.com, to send us an email with questions and comments. And you can join our mailing list there and get alerts of future podcast episodes. All these links will be added to this episode's show notes. Thank you again, and we look forward to you joining us on the next episode of If We Knew Then. If We Knew Then.